Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame, Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show for hour number two. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment here on KDON 101.5 FM. So thank you for tuning in. We certainly do appreciate you taking the time out of your Super Bowl Sunday to join us. And we've got Joe DeFalco on the line, of course, from Future Stars of Wrestling. All sorts of great stuff going on there at FSW. Check it out at FSWVegas.com, where maybe you can learn to become an incredible professional wrestler like Chris Bay, who we want to thank for being on the show. Joe, your thoughts about what you heard from Chris, and and, and you, know, you obviously helped train the guy. What uh, What do you think? Well, yeah, I, you know, obviously I know the the whole Chris Bay story. Uh, yeah, you know, Chris is also our Mecca Grand Champion, and he's going to be wrestling John Morrison on March 26th. And uh, there's a good backstory about that that I wish you guys would have the opportunity to talk about. Uh, uh, there's there's a a video of Chris because he, you know, he kept track of things, you know, when he was – 10, 11, 12 years old when he talks about his, his love for professional wrestling. It's no lie. You know, there's a YouTube video that he's done, and it shows him meeting John Morrison. And, you know, back in the day when we were first doing our Mecca stuff, uh, he wrestled John and uh, Brian Cage uh, for the Mecca Grand Championship and the very first Mecca that we did when we were crowning the champion. So, you know, there's a great backstory. And then this past Friday, uh, Chris returned to the ring. And that and that's one thing about Chris. He's a guy who is very appreciative of the opportunities that I gave him. And, you know, you know, we we didn't get into the stories of, you know, Chris quitting jobs and, you know, not having his lights on sometimes because he would prefer not to go to a job instead of going to training and going to uh, a wrestling match. And it's like, what do you mean I can't have off Friday night? Okay, well, I, I guess I quit. And the thing about Chris was he put all his eggs in the one basket, and I always said that Chris Bay's journey is not one that I would, I would recommend to anybody because – for Chris, it was all or nothing. I'm going to be a professional wrestler, and that's it. And, you know, usually the journey takes a lot longer. And Chris was very fortunate that, you know, in a, a very short period of time, he, you know, got the opportunity to get signed by Impact. You know, there's guys that we had as champions, the now known as L.A. Knight, who's, you know, infused with Bray Wyatt, who took 10, 12 years before he got, you know, an opportunity to go to WWE and, and, and prove that he belongs in that scenario. You know, it took Chris three, you know, three is almost unheard of. So, and, 
you look at L.A. Knight and you look at Brian Cages and you and you say, wow, look at these guys. They're big guys. They're jacked. And it took them so long. And Chris Bay, as an undersized guy who's 150 pounds at the time, you know, was able to, you know, swim around the Sharks and basically get into a position to be signed by a major company very early on in his in his journey in professional wrestling. And that says a lot. Yeah, and he's a terrific guy too. I mean, just fantastic person, and you know, we want to you know continue to wish him all the best, and you know, we'll get him back on and you know talk more about the, where he comes from and and so on. So it's a you know it's, he, it's a, it's he a wrestled, fascinating story. He wrestled our fifteen year old prodigy Bodie because you know he he would help out. You know, we we have kids class every Saturday and Bodie started with us at eight or nine years old. And and Chris knows Bodie from when he was nine years old and his progression. And on, uh, you know, Friday night, you know, Bodie at 15 years old wrestled in the main event against Chris Bay. And then they had a great match. And, you know, Chris, feels that in a very short time that, you know, Bodie will be, you know, joining the ranks of the FSW guys who have gotten to where they were hoping to get when they first started in FSW, and that is being, whether it's Impact or AEW or WWE or New Japan, to get that opportunity to to make a living as a professional wrestler. Absolutely, yeah. You've got some amazing talent there at FSW and uh, make sure you guys go check it out. FSWVegas.com and get to all the great shows that uh, Joe and the team put on. And, uh, but we want to extend, extend a thanks to Ross Foreman from impact wrestling for uh, getting Chris on the show. We certainly appreciate him extending that courtesy. I'm sure we'll hear from some more people from impact wrestling as they get ready to head into no surrenders pay-per-view on Friday, the 14th. That's a five, p.m. Pacific time, and then we've got the uh, fallout, no surrender fallout tapings on the 25th and 26th at 7 p.m. at Sam's Town as well, so make sure that you get out there. You can actually get the three ticket packs as well. You just go to impactwrestling.com, and uh, you can get on board and go see some amazing professional wrestling. should be a terrific as, night. As well. As well as our latest signee with that company, Jay Vidal. Yes, he's going to be involved as well. It, it's going to be a terrific card, and there are some just outstanding talents. And if you haven't watched Impact for a while, you really need to, to take a look and, and get back in there for sure. Uh, and you'll be able to meet me because I'll be there because, you know, we said, you know, our, they, they use our ring and we have a great relationship with Impact, and, and hopefully you're going to see even more FSW people on their show, you know, in the past they've used Maserati and Damian Drake. And, you know, so when they come to Vegas, there's always a good chance you're going to see your favorite FSW star there too. Yep. So check it out. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, By the way, while while we're giving thanks, uh, I do want to take a second to thank, well, a lot of people across the planet, to be very frank, Uh, the interview that we had on with, uh, Tony Khan went absolutely viral across the world, and I mean, when I when I googled some of this, I saw a few sites picked it up that I sent out to, and then some more picked it up, and some more picked it up. And by the time it was done, there were links to our show uh, in Portuguese, Italian, 
just it was unreal. And I wanted to just take a second to thank everybody who took the time to you know post uh, some stuff from the interview with Tony Khan. I want to thank John Schneider and AEW for being kind enough to get Tony on the show. And uh, just an um, amazing thing to see happen. So, so thank you to everyone who did that. We certainly appreciate it. And hopefully we'll have more material for you as time goes on on the Mark Oak Show. And speaking of that, by the way, guess who's going to be on the show next week? It's going to be Jeremy Lambert from Fightful.com is going to join us. So we're going to get to hear from Jeremy from one of the top uh, wrestling, MMA, and sports sites on the planet is going to be here, so we'll get to hear from Jeremy. That's going to be a fun time. Looking forward to that, Joe. Get to talk to Jeremy. Yeah, you know, he's been, uh, well, fightful, so I, I don't know him directly, but uh, in the past when we've done stuff like Natural Born Killers, which is our offshoot MMA-style show, and, and some of our bigger FSW shows, they've definitely, uh, you know, given us some love by uh, helping promote some of our things. So that's always good. Yeah. So we'll look forward to hearing from Jeremy Lambert next week on the Mark Hoke show. Of course, coming up in a little bit, we're going to hear from baby doll and uh, Joe, I, I, you know, just real quick, your thoughts about, about her and her place in professional wrestling history before we hear from her. You know, to, to be honest, baby doll was, probably just a little bit before I started really watching uh, NWA, WCW type stuff. You know, I, I, I probably caught more of the, of the tail end because, you know, from being from New York, I was more, you know, Bruno San Martino, WWF. And on the tail end, then I started, you know, watching the, the TBS shows. So, you know, I'm aware of her. It's funny that you bring up Baby Doll because uh, one of our managers, MK, very good friends with Missy Hyatt. And we actually had lunch before the last uh, No Escape show we did. And, you know, speaking of legendary female valets, you know, Missy and, and Baby Doll were probably the two first ones that really got national recognition throughout the world. Yeah, it's going to be an, a, an amazing interview. We're looking forward to hearing from her in just a little bit. She'll be coming up in the next segment on the Mark Oak Show here on KDON. Uh, before we do that, Joe, of course, we got a big pay-per-view coming up this week. Excuse me, premium live events. Pardon me. Don't uh, don't go after me, WWE. I do apologize. Uh, but Elimination Chamber is coming, and you know we got more intriguing stuff happening on SmackDown with Sammy and secret meetings with Jay and Jimmy and lying to Roman and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Roman's telling the, the Usos to stay home. So this is going to be a, a fairly interesting night to on the road to WrestleMania. I uh, want to get your thoughts on some of the, on the matches here real quick. Uh, that U.S. title match, we, it's going to be inside the chamber. we got Austin Theory defending the U.S. title against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. Pretty interesting mix of... Of guys in that match, so who do you think is coming out of that, and what do you think about this one? Well, you know, I think it's been disappointing to a lot of people that the Elimination Chamber is about the U.S. title this time, and a lot of people are looking forward to maybe seeing, uh, you know, Jey Uso and, and, and Sami Zayn in it, 
and instead they're getting Zane and 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 Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, obviously the idea I would think is to continue the the push of Austin Theory, and I can't see him not walking away victorious in it. All right, elimination chamber match for the Raw. A women's Raw, Raw Women's Championship match, so you get to be the number one contender and wrestle at WrestleMania 39. We got Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmelo. That was kind of a surprise there. Uh, by the way, Asuka is a massive favorite on betonline.ag. I mean, huge. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw that yesterday. I was like, wow, I guess there's not even a thought who's going to win. Yeah. So do you agree with that, Joe? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I thought there was a chance at the rum at the rumble that she was going to win. It's like, so she's been kind of stagnant, you know, she's, she's changed up the character. And I guess that was, uh, a, a big time character for her in Japan. And, you know, if she doesn't win, it's kind of like, well, it defeated the whole purpose. So yeah, I believe she has to. All right. Uh, we've got Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley in a mixed tag match. A- any change to think Judgment Day walks out with this, with uh, Rhea getting the, the big push for WrestleMania? Well, it is disappointing that, again, you look at the odds. In a lot of cases, they, they know that it, it advanced information. And it's like, so you're telling me a part-timer like Edge, and not even a part-timer, a one-offer, are the heavy favorites to beat the team that you're hoping to establish down the line as, as a major influence in the company and they're major underdogs. Like what does it do for Beth Phoenix to, to win? You know, this is the stepping stone for Rhea Ripley. If you're bringing in Trish Stratus and, and for a match to have her beat, you know, Sasha or, or whatever, this all makes no sense. You know, that's what they've done. It, it's They've been there. They've done that. It, it's it's the appeal, Lita getting involved, all this stuff. But they don't need to come back and beat, you know, the, the top contenders. Uh, yeah, the nostalgia I... is them being there. That that That's the fact that we're going to get Lita and we're going to get Beth Phoenix. Great. One more time, we're going to get to see him in, on a pay-per-view. But their job is now to make the new stars bigger stars. Yeah, I I really think you should that Finn and Rhea are going to go over on this. So that may be one to one to pick on on this one on betonline.eg. Uh, we've also got Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar going to get the, some beefy man fighting there. Uh should be a fun match. Uh, any thoughts well, on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited because I believe this is the first time ever that these two are stepping foot in the ring. Oh wait, the fiftieth <laughs> time ever. It, it, it's like again, it's like they're pushing towards this match as if it never happened before. And it's like not that it's not going to be good, but it's like that's not a fresh matchup. Like, what about? having Gunther or giving Cross, who they've forgotten all about, you know, these opportunities to, again, create new stars. You know, it's like Lashley, like, they've not figured out what to do with them again over the last, you know, few months. Hey, maybe we're going to put them back with MVP. And, hey, we're going to give Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin a win. But, hey, maybe we're going to change our mind again in two weeks. And it's, you know, when you're putting together storylines, you got to have ideas of what you're doing. And it was like, we had heard rumors of Gunther and, 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 and Lesnar. And now it's like, 
back to what they did at WrestleMania or what they did right before that, which was Lashley and Lesnar. And it's like, great, you're going to get a a bang-up match for five or six minutes, and okay, then what? You know, that's where the idea of paying Brock Lesnar $500,000 for a match or $5 million to be on a few shows is to put over Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, again, I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, the last one is going to be Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, and obviously this is going to be a setup for, for WrestleMania. we got about a minute before we need to get to break, and then we'll be having Baby Doll on the show. Uh, thoughts on on this one? Yeah, it, it should be one of the biggest matches in the last year, but with everybody knowing that Roman Reigns is wrestling Cody, unless they pull a swerve, uh, I don't see anybody believing Sami Zayn can win only because of the whole setup with Cody Rhodes. I think if there was no Cody Rhodes in the picture, people might be like, hmm, Sami Zayn might pull this off. And at this point, I, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, this is going to be – but I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of, uh, lot of excitement for this one. There's going to be some people that are going to be jacked up for seeing Sami wrestle Roman. So should be uh, a lot of fun. A thousand, uh, right, a thousand percent. But if there was no – Cody Rhodes is wrestling Roman Reigns next month. It would be even crazier. Yep. So, well, we'll see how this goes. All right. Well, let's uh, head into our next break. And when we come back, one of the great icons of the 80s professional wrestling history. Can't wait to talk to her. Baby doll coming up here on the Mark Hoke show. So a lot more to come. Best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. Stick around, everybody. Baby Doll joined us here on the show. We'll be right back. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show, the best in professional wrestling News and entertainment on the planet. You now we like to say the multiverse too because well, we're just that darn good. Uh, but it looks like I'm going to be flying solo the rest of the way today, except for the fact that we have just an amazing guest, and I cannot tell you how excited I have am to have this person on the show. Just absolutely enshrined in the history of professional wrestling, uh, a big fan, and you know. Loved her or hated her, depending on what was going on in the industry at the time. But I cannot begin to tell you how thrilled I am to have this person on the show. Of course, great wrestler, manager, valet, and involved in some of the greatest feuds in professional wrestling history as we welcome Baby Doll to the show. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. This is an honor and a privilege to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, that's very sweet of you to say thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I you know as I was doing research to get ready for this, you know, I I kept seeing how your career has just gone through so many different places in professional wrestling. You know, between world class and and so many great superstars that you worked with over the years uh, in uh, Crockett and NWA and so on. You know. It, it's got to be pretty awe-inspiring when you think about it, of all the great people that you worked with and how much you were actually a part of as time went by in professional wrestling. 
it was um, like it was so cool because you really didn't know it at the time, like how awesome it was going to be. I mean, I was like in my early 20s and got to work with world class for a couple of months and actually work with Gino when he won the Texas heavyweight championship and the six man championship and got to work like a big show in the Cotton Bowl and Reunion Arena. And that was all in the span of like three months. I mean, I was I wasn't trained to wrestle. I wasn't like didn't have anything except for my knowledge of wrestling from growing up with my parents and got to do some amazing things with world class and then bounced over to Jim Crockett promotions and got to work with Tully and he had, uh, you know, the TV championship and the national belt. And, you know, eventually I worked with Dusty when he won the world's heavyweight title and, and uh, the Western States title with, with uh, Zabisco. So I've, kind of look at my lineage with all the championships that my guys have held. And I don't think that any female has had, has worked with that many guys with that many belts. And I don't think that I've, that any female has had as much heat that I had because during 85, (laughs) it was brutal. It was, it was awesome. So just in a very short amount of time in two years, you guys are still talking about me like 40 years later. And that's amazing. I love it. Well, to me, and and I, as someone who, when I first started watching wrestling, I was probably about 12 years old. And when I started seeing, I, I you know, I saw, I watched WWF, and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden I started picking up the wrestling magazines, you know, reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and then my local station started carrying World Class, and they started carrying uh, Crockett promotions from the Mid-Atlantic. And right. here I am watching all this, and... And still, to me, one of the greatest feuds and matches I have ever seen. And when people ask me, what's what's your, your favorite match of all time? The first thing that comes to mind is the I Quit match with Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA, which you were involved in. And right. well, just absolutely. unbelievable, uh, unbelievable psychology and that feud just leading up to it and what you added to it as well. And you were an integral part of that match. Uh, you know, and just... You know, I'd love to go back to that night and, you know, what was going through your mind and, uh, you know, how how important you were in that because you did play a key role in that match and it was just an incredible evening. It, the whole lead up, the three to four months that we had as the buildup um, that Dusty put into the vignettes and the, the, the feud, everything made sense. Every week you kind of tuned in to see what else was going to be done, like how much were they going to poke each other and goad each other into this epic battle. And to this day, I would stand up that the buildup and the match, the I Quit match that Tully and Magnum had in Greensboro, to this day is is one of the best matches ever in professional wrestling. They both, their animosity between the two, they really did not like each other. They were both trying to be like the bull of the woods, as Dusty said, in the promotion and be the top top uh, drawer and the top person. So they had that, you know, going for them. Plus then when you look at the three parts of it, if it, if Tully wasn't part of it, if Magnum wasn't part of it, and especially if I wasn't part of it, None of it would have worked the way that it did. It was just, I've said it before, it was magic. Just how everything made sense and it worked. And for me, the scariest part was when they said that I had to, like, throw the chair over the top of the ring. And when you think about it, that, you know, it's like an eight-foot top of the cage, and then you've got another four-foot of the ring. So you've got to throw this chair 
like 12 foot over the top. Well, the first time I threw it, it didn't make it. It made it about 80% and it bounced off and I was able to catch it and then threw it back up. And when I caught it, it was like, oh, this has got to go. go. And it, and it sailed. It was perfect, like that second time. So you, so the crowd. I don't think I've ever seen a video where the where the you can see where the the chair didn't make it. You can hear it in a lot of the videos. You can hear the chair clink against the cage. But I'm thinking, man, if that chair didn't go over, it would have screwed up everything. Yep. It would have just been. It would have never made sense. But just in the way that the chair broke, and you've got this, uh, you know, this weapon that they used against each other and you, you're like the, the threatening, like I'm going to poke your eye out and the screaming and the whole thing. It was, it was scary. Even for me, like being on the outside of the ring, it was, it was cringeworthy. It really was. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen that, you know, go back and watch it because to me, it's still a, a, a textbook on how on ring psychology and wrapping up a feud and just the, the pure emotion that was in it. and, you know, so I, I just want to give you a thanks for making that happen. Day, because, And to this day, I can honestly say Tully never said I quit. No, he did not. He did not. He said, <laughs> yes, he did not say I quit. <laughs> so, right, right. So that's, that's like the, the cherry and the whipped cream and the little sprinkles on the top. We can, to this day, say that Tully never said I quit. <laughs> that is very true. Well, you know, when you when you talk about you know a situation like that, and I, I think that when people watch professional wrestling, and you know there's somebody on the outside of the ring, whether it's a manager, valet, or so on, and I, I don't think that people really realize how important that role is in carrying a match. And you know, like if you hadn't done what you did and done it properly, it, it, it would have ruined the I Quit match and so many other ones that happened over the years. Tell everybody a little bit about. How you how you kind of plan that out and how important that role is as you're going through matches and a feud and so on. Well, being a valet or being outside of the match, it's like it's like a theater and a stage. The ring is our stage, so everything takes place in the middle of the ring so that everyone can see it. So you don't want to take away from what the guys are doing in the ring, but you just want to add that little extra to it and, and screaming and clapping and, and being right at the, at the right time at the right spot. And that timing is essential because you can throw everything off. So it was, it was really important that I paid attention. And even though I say, saw like, you know, like was working every night and seeing the matches every night, I had to be focused on what was going on in the ring Plus, then you also have to be focused on the crowd and what's happening behind you because there were a lot of times that, that people came up behind me and kicked me or hit me or were trying to come into the ring. And so you have to kind of have the 360 going on with everything that's, that's around you. It's, it's not as simple as, as it would seem to be because you've really got to be on point and be a part of the match without taking away from the match. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I, I – watched you know a couple of appearances especially you know the one on the tales for the territories where you were telling some of the stories about some of the crazy things that happened at ringside but i i don't think that people realize in today in today's professional wrestling you've got so much space you have a lot of security uh you know so you're much more protected but if you if you're a younger fan and you haven't 
seen what it was like back then. I mean, you guys were out there with people a couple feet behind you, and it was so dangerous. And I can only imagine what it was like being uh, being a female out there, too. And as much heat as you had generated, I mean, people hated you. I mean, I hated you <laughs> as a character. <laughs> right, I, yeah. And and to be in that spot, I, I can only imagine what that was like. I mean, I remember hearing Jim Cornette saying that, and, or people saying, you know, I'm, look, I was you know, like Ricky Morton was saying that how you know he was keeping an eye on Cornette and I'm sure the guys were keeping an eye on you too. So what was what was that like to be in in that in that space? I mean, I I couldn't imagine. It I would say 90% of the events that I, that I worked did not have any guardrails around around the ring. Wow. There was very very little security. The police, God bless them, tried their best to like protect us. But when you've got like 2,000 people trying to get at us, it's hard for three officers to keep everybody away. It's just it's just impossible. And then the one thing that I didn't like was like the officers would like grab my arms and like push my arms to my side to try and escort me through. And it's like, no, let me go. I've got to be able to protect myself right. and keep yeah. people from grabbing me and punching me and, you know, doing inappropriate stuff and, you know, there wasn't. A, I don't think that there was a time in in '85, whenever I worked with Tully, that I I went back to the dressing room that I didn't have like wads of spit in my hair and oh. with chunks of hair taken out. But I also figured if if it was easy for me to go back to the dressing room, I hadn't done my job. The harder it was, the better I'd done my job. So it was kind of like that love-hate of like, okay, come on. <laughs> and I wore like the gauntlets, like the spike bracelets and things like this, so that if I did hit you, you knew it. And I <laughs> waylaid some people. All to this day, I said, I swear to God, I hit a lot of people. But then they deserved it. It's not like I just walked up to you and punched you. I mean, you hit me first, and I knocked you out in second. So <laughs> Nice. Well, it was kind of fun. It was, it was you know, it's it's kind of a job where you get paid to beat up people, and and I was very lucky that I didn't have any court cases. Tully had a, a girl that was in Florida that had had jumped down. Um, whenever they went to the dressing room, you had to go underneath like the bleachers. There was kind of like a, a gateway right through there, and a girl jumped down like right in front of him and was like in a football stance, like ah, I'm gonna get you, and he pushed her, and it turned out to be a 14 year old girl. And her mom sued Tully, and it ended up costing more than twenty grand for all the court costs and going back and forth to Florida and the whole thing. So mm-hmm. Tully did win the case, but you lost because it cost you, you know, twenty thousand dollars. You didn't really win anything. So it was, I was very fortunate that I didn't have any uh, cases brought against me. But then who's going to take me to court and say a girl hit you? Yeah, very true. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, one thing that that impressed me so much about what all of you did at Crockett was, you know, you talk about situations like that. If, if, if all of you weren't doing your jobs properly and you weren't generating those kinds of emotions, those things wouldn't have been happening. And, you know, it, it was just such an amazing group of people and performers that were working there. How, what, what was the secret sauce in this? I mean, how did you all manage to, from top to bottom, get people so excited about coming to professional wrestling matches and get them so either so elated or so angry that they would react like that. 
Oh, I'm sorry. He's still there. Uh, did we lose? Uh, oh, we lost her. L- I'll tell you what. Let me take a break, and uh, we'll, we're going to call Baby Doll back and get her back on the show, and we will ask her that question again. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back with more on the Mark Hoke Show uh, in just a second. Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets, or lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit UniqueEatsLV.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. 101.5 FM K-Don. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we are back on The Mark Hoke Show here on K-Don 101.5 FM and still 720 AM here in Las Vegas, the best in professional wrestling News and entertainment, and we are rejoined by 80s wrestling icon, Baby Doll. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Sorry <laughs> about that. Just some bad weather in North Carolina, I guess. I'm, I don't. I don't know what happened. Oh, it's all good. Well, you know, it's, it's just Chinese. We- it's a Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> it, That's might, it. it might be. Yeah, I'm sure that was a lot of fun for you guys out there. But, uh, well, I was just asking a question before we left about the the emotion and and how. Your the the team there at Crockett and all the performers had were able to create such emotion in people, whether it's you know being so excited and and the you know, the adulation or the anger that would get them to the point where they were doing the things that they were doing. What was what was the the magic there? How did you guys do it? Um, just really good booking, really good storytelling. It's all in your character, and it's all in making people believe that something's happening that's not really happening. It was, um, I think, a really good example of that is whenever I was had I had turned babyface, and I was working with Dusty, and Dusty had the world title match against Flair in Charlotte, and um, whenever I put Flair's foot on the rope. And you can actually hear, like, the crowd gasp because they didn't believe it. They couldn't believe that Baby Doll had turned on Dusty Rhodes. They, I had taken all their emotions and all their love for me and had taken it to another complete 180, and I, I messed them up, and they hated me. And, and when people say, like, white hot heat, 
like you can actually feel like pe- that that night I was so afraid because you could actually feel the temperature of the Coliseum go up because people were just like, she did it. She did. I can't believe she did it. You just mess with people's emotions and it, and you take them one way and then you take them another direction. And then once they're going in this direction, then you take them in a completely, completely different direction. So it's, it's all psychology and it's all in making them believe that something is happening. That's not happening. You're really bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was very bad. I was very good at being very bad. Yes, you were. Well, and, and you love, but you loved to hate me, and that was that was the whole thing. I mean, people wanted to hate me, and they they. It was um, one of the examples is like whenever um, I just started working with with Tully, and I had a face off with Dusty in, in the ring, and we're like talking smack to each other, and I just slap him like out of the blue. I just smack him. And then he smacks me back, you know, just it's a retaliation. And I never had seen the videos until this couple of years ago, but I was watching the crowd and women are standing up telling Dusty to hit me again, hit her again, hit her again. And they've got like the cigarettes hanging out of their mouth and the soda and the whole thing. And for a woman to tell a man to hit another woman is beyond any comprehension that, you know, that we have because women just don't do that. You know, they should be like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. But then it was a little bit of me because it, it, you know, it's kind of the smart ass in me, but it definitely was the magic of Tully and Dusty working together and just the three of us, just the chemistry. It worked. It, it so worked. Yeah. Of course, uh, we're on with baby doll, from, of course, the Jim Crockett days of the NWA. And, you know, one thing that, that really struck me, I, I went back and I rewatched the Dark Side of the Ring show where they were, you know, about the Grizzly Smith story that you were in. Um, and I, and mm-hmm. I watched the, the, uh, the uh, Tales from the Territory show uh, where you were all sitting around talking about the, the Crockett show. And, and at the end of that, that show, you were crying. And and I'm I'm really curious what your reaction was when you watched both of those shows because uh, obviously you know you had the the good side with everything that happened with Crockett you had everything that happened with Grizzly of course you were married to Sam Houston who was Grizzly's son what what was going through your mind when you saw those shows? Um, how impressed I was with the production of it, just how they took all of our stories and put it all together and had it make sense. They didn't make anybody look horribly bad or horribly good. Um, either way, they told the story and kind of let us all make up our own mind. Um, with Grizzly, he was an integral part of wrestling. I mean, he worked with Mid-South. He worked with WWF. He trained a lot of guys. He um, had helped a lot of the guys in the business. At the time, whenever I was traveling with Grizz and, and when Sam and I were married, never would I have thought what was going on, you know, of, of what had happened later. It, it And it finally, like, came came to light on everything. There had always been rumors and things of, of, of that sort, you know. Even traveling with him for, like, two years, I, I went for weeks at a time and didn't see anything. I mean, you're kind of like, you had that feeling like something was weird, so you're like, like you're watching and looking, never saw anything. And even like with Robin, I wish to this day 
I'd known what was going on then. I'm, I I don't know what I would have done, but I would have done something. And I wish I could have helped her more than what I did. And then when they had the uh, Tales of the Territory, um, it was David Crockett and Arn and Ricky Morton and myself. And Nikita was supposed to be in on it, but they had uh, canceled his flight. So he had to fly in on the next day and they did his part separate. But it was so much fun just sitting down with those guys and reminiscing. And for me to cry, I mean, I'm, I'm really sentimental, but I love professional wrestling. It's been a part of my life, my whole life. Both of my parents were wrestlers. Uh, both of my the men that I married were both wrestlers. My daughter wrestles. Um, I just love it. I, I like the theatrics of it. I love the costumes. I love the fans. I love the emotion. It's everything. And, and when you get into it like I do, you appreciate what it is. And I think that uh, the, the business has changed so much now that I think that the kids today don't have that camaraderie and that time of being on the road with people. Because like in 85, I had I worked 350 days out of the whole year. Wow. I, had, I had 15 days off. So if I had had a family, I would have never seen them because I was literally on the road pretty much every day. But that was part of it, and that was part of being successful. Now the guys work like one day a week, two days a month, something like that, and and they're they're bitching because they're having to work too much, and it's just like y'all would, if y'all did a two-week trip like with Tully and I, y'all would have never made it, just <laughs> never, <laughs> because we worked, you know, like um, Monday, and, and, and we had Monday was like a close show like Greenville or Columbia, Tuesday would have been TV, which their rule was like within 80 miles because they had to have the truck back to Crockett Studios um, by Wednesday morning so they could do the editing and the promos. Then Wednesday morning, we had to be at Crockett Studios at like 7 o'clock in the morning to start our promos, and we would do promos all day until they gave us our check, which was usually about 2 or 2.30 because they knew that once they gave us our check, we were out the door and headed to Raleigh. (laughs) Yeah. Then you had like Raleigh, Norfolk, and Richmond were like a three-day out trip. Then like Saturday, we had to be at TBS Studios by 8 o'clock in the morning, which meant that we were, you know, at the airport at 6 o'clock in the morning somewhere to catch a flight to Atlanta, then do the taxi all the way across town to TBS Studios, get dressed, do TV for, I think it was about four or five hours for that because we had the one-hour morning show, then we had the two-hour 6.05, and then we had another hour on Sunday, so there was at least three hours of TV on Saturday morning. Then we would fly out to, like, Baltimore, Philadelphia, back to Charlotte, maybe even, like, to California or somewhere like that, you know, so it was, like, usually a long flight on Saturday. Then, hopefully, you were in a place where you had two days in a row, so you could at least stay in the hotel for at least more than one night. And then Monday morning, we were right back in Charlotte. So it was just constant. Wow. And that wasn't even counting the, the driving trip. That is incredible. And so easily work 10 times a week, easily. I, I kind of had to laugh that you had to take a deep breath when you were telling that story in the middle of it. <laughs> that that, ex, that yeah, says that it was, all right there. Yeah, that was just one week. So wow. try doing that for a couple of years. but. You wanted that because if you weren't working every night, if you weren't traveling and you weren't being seen on TV and doing promos, then you weren't successful. You weren't, quote, over right. and you wanted to be over. So it was just it was insane. It really was. 
Oh, we got about a minute, minute and a half left. So I want to, I want to ask you what it's like now watching, because you know, your daughter wrestles. Uh, what is it like seeing Cody now and bringing back all these memories about Dusty and everything? Is what's that like for you to watch that? It, it's really cool because uh, we were in uh, Las Vegas whenever Michelle went into labor, and I remember. When I was there whenever they told Dusty that he had to get to the airport and get on a plane because his wife was going into labor, that uh, just a look of just utter adulation, and, and you could just see that he already loved Cody with all of his heart right before then. And then even with his uh, sister, Teal Margaret, Dusty loved his kids. And for uh, to see Cody and how much he loves the business and and hear how he's watching tapes and calling the guys, hey, watch this, watch this, watch this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And he's watching like old Crockett tapes. I absolutely love it. And, and I wish that Dusty were here to see it. But I believe in God and I believe in heaven. And, and I believe that Dusty's watching over all of us. That's awesome. Uh, real quick, we've got about 30 seconds before we start the music. But uh, if uh, you have anything coming up or any let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. Oh, my gosh. I got a lot of stuff coming up. I got Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling. That's March the 18th in Chester, uh, uh, West Virginia, or Chester, Virginia. Then I've got ASW for Gary Dameron in, um, on April the 18th. For his promotion, I've got some stuff scheduled up in May that's not, you know, for sure. But follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. If y'all go want pictures or to talk to me, just hit me up. I'll, I'll be certainly happy to talk to you. Awesome. Baby doll, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an honor for me. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. I really appreciate it. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. You Bye-bye. Did, you got it. That was baby doll, everybody. Wow. Yeah, we definitely got to get her on again. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Mark Hoke Show. we got Jeremy Lambert from Fightful.com next week. And, of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at the Mark Hoke Show, on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, MarkHokeShow.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Mark Hoke Show. And, of course, there's podcast, MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com. Thanks for listening to the Mark Hoke Show, everybody. We will see you next week. Go Eagles! Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show. And download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening.